So we're continuing on with our series here. Um, great worship today. Just enjoyed myself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes you just part of the um, the deliverance process sometimes is just focusing on the fundamentals. Focusing on the fundamentals. And see, worship is one of those fundamentals that, you know, sometimes we reach for other stuff when the stuff we haven't made full use of the stuff that God has already made available to us to get through situations and circumstances. And sometimes just taking the time to be in the presence of the saints, to be um, in a time of worship, to just kind of uh, escape. Um, but escape for something that you won't have to repent for them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stake to some, something that don't have a hangover, some after effect, some side effect that you got to then get fixed from because of your fix to the fix. All right. So um, that's why these times are very, very important. Again, our objectives, um, you've seen our five objectives there, but I'll just, the key one that I'm focusing on here as we look through our objectives is um, number three, to cultivate a desire. We've talked about having a desire for deliverance. We talked about the, the man um, at, the, at the well who had been sick for 38 years. Jesus asked him, did you want to be made well? We talked about a demand um, that some people don't even cry out for deliverance because sometimes we get comfortable um, in our bondage. And so because sometimes deliverance has a price to it. Right. We talked about um, the diligence that some there are things that you're asking God for and for deliverance, and he might make some demand on you that you have to work it out, right? Lift up, take up the bed that's been holding you up, hold that thing up, and walk off and walk with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't lean on your crutch. Let your crutch lean on you and walk away with it. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what he said. Take up the bed that you've been leaning on, right? And then you walk off with it. So he made a demand that caused some diligence. And then he told him, you know, go and sin no more. Lest not the same thing come back on you, but a worse thing. And so if you have a yo-yo religion, a yo-yo salvation, if you have a yo-yo salvation, that it'll, it'll mess with you to the point that uh, you will go up and down, and your, your life will get worse, not better. All right? Does that make sense? All right? Then what we've been talking about is not just the discipline, but now uh, we ended last week with the discipleship aspect that's associated with your deliverance. Sometimes um, we'll, we'll hear a word will follow a specific ministry or minister that gets us delivered. And then when we got it, then we feel like we outgrown them. And then I'm going to run on and do whatever else I'm going to do. Okay. When some of that, you were still supposed to stay with that and stay with that person and stay with that principle. Because if we pull back from that, then we immediately, we begin to draw back into the thing that we walked out of. And it's because some people don't want to practice the, the ongoing discipleship, right? That's required for deliverance. And then we'll bridge a little bit today into the dominion, but that'll just be our start. I'll just give you a, a peek into the dominion aspect. The dominion aspect simply says, um, you know, if you go through, um, just say if you had a had a uh, issue with liquor, and you went to Alcoholics Anonymous, what they will say to you is, you know, you'll be, hey, I'm so many years sober, but you say I'm so and so, and I'm an alcoholic. Well, I'm telling you, that's not God's intention. God's intention is not that you always be struggling with this for the rest of your life. Right? And I'm, you know, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not God. 
Okay, I'm not saying you don't have struggles, and I'm not even saying you, you're not going to have certain things you deal with for your life, but this whole thing about identifying yourself as that thing for the rest of your life, that's not the will of God. So there is a deliverance that you can get into where you are really, really free. Now, some of it you're going to confess and call to before it all manifests, and then you're going to get your flesh in line. You have to deal with the struggle. Some of this you're going to have, but, but there is a place beyond the struggle. I just want you to know that that place exists, right? Because if you didn't know it exists, you'd never call to it or go to it, right? Y'all don't have to always be struggling to stay married. Thank you, Jesus. There is a place beyond the struggle. There is a place beyond the struggle, y'all. Okay. And so I just want you to know that a place like that exists and God is calling you to that place because when you get there, then you can turn around and help somebody else get the deliverance. Does that make sense? He don't just want you to be struggling the rest of your life. He wants you to get strong enough to help turn around and help somebody else. All right. And when you get to that point of dominion, then the devil that you got off your life, you can get off somebody else's life. Now you walk in an authority to cast that devil. Now you'll see that thing a mile away. Yeah, you'll see it on somebody. You'll see it. You'll see it. Yeah, yeah. He just talking, but he ain't got none of the stuff. I can see it on him. I know he think nobody see it, but see, I'm familiar with that familiar spirit, so I can see it a mile away. Does that make sense? And then you can go to him and ask him, now, do you really want to be free or you just want to keep playing church? (laughs) then you'll be in a position to help somebody else. All right? We have to get to that dominion aspect because our prophetic word says that God is not calling us just to receive the ministry of deliverance, but to be the minister of deliverance. And if you don't have the dominion yourself, you can't get to that. You'll never be that person that can help somebody else. The devil um, in the... um, personal development industry, they say that a person that's always focused on their stuff, they call it navel gazing. (laughs) That's what they call it. They call it navel gazing. They're always looking and focused on themselves so much they can't, they can't help nobody else because they're navel Gazing. You know, that's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so God is, is working to get us from the point in our lives that we are those kinds of people. He's saying, listen, you can really get to an authority over these situations because that's where you can turn around and help somebody else. And please don't feel like you're done with an issue until you got there. God's not done with you in an issue until you can turn around and help somebody else. All right. Now, then you're going to have to get over your reputation because some of us, you know, like to forget where the bodies are buried. We done came through an issue and then we want to get to the other side and not look like and we don't want nobody to know where we've been. But see, you overcome, you overcome through the word of your testimony. Part of your staying delivered is your confessing to the point. See, God made the system where for you to keep your deliverance, you're going to have to help somebody with the deliverance that you got. You overcome the devil by you keeping your testimony. And that testimony, first, it reminds you of, the, of your freedom because if you testify, you can't be playing with the thing you're testifying about. Right? But then that testimony gives somebody else hope that, well, man, if God can turn her around, I know he can do it for me. You know, she don't even look like she done been through something like that. You know, you look at them now, they're walking out like Ken and Barbie. They don't look like they was fussing. You know, almost at divorce court, they don't even look like that. 
So if he can turn a situation around, surely, surely that God can do it for me. So your testimony strengthens you, but it is also a part of your dominion to help somebody else. Right? And so um, you, you, you're going to have to be okay with your life being on display. See, I don't want to testify because, see, then people be watching me. Yes, that's the point. Yes, yes, because, see, if I testify about it, then they're going to see if I'm slipping. Yes, that's the point. You make a public testimony, and that keeps you honest, and that keeps the people watching you. Yeah. See, I just make a private commitment to the Lord because, see, when you break it, ain't nobody watching you but the Lord. But if you make a public one, somebody going to tell you. And, and kids have a way of calling you out. Did y'all know that? Kids will tell you your junk, boy. Mm-hmm. They don't have these adult filters. You said you weren't going to do that. And here you are doing it right again. Uh-huh. They'll tell you on yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of that to say, you, you are... It's a deliverance chain. Your deliverance is the seed for somebody else's. So don't live in your own struggle. Get to the point where you get beyond looking at your own navel. All right. All right. So let's let's just talk about just some short review here. We'll go back to our scripture that we had last week that we ended up with. Um, We know that deliverance is being slippery, it's having freedom to move about, um, it's being anointed, um, it's being, it's understanding God the Father as Redeemer, Jesus as the preacher of deliverance, and the Holy Spirit as the one who leads me and teaches me in ways that bring deliverance, right? We also talked about these these two laws, that it's not just a law of sin. It's a law of sin and death. God told Adam, the day you sin, you shall surely die. All right? In other words, embedded in the sin is the death. What people would like it to be is, a law of sin without the death. They just want to be able to sin without, without, stuff, without the consequence. And the reality is, even when I get forgiveness, there's still consequence built into it because it's a law. All right? And so I have to get off of the death cycle and get on to the life cycle. Right? There's these two laws, and I overcome a lower law by invoking a higher law, all right? So show up the, the, um, the graphic of the, the sin cycle, right? right? You've seen this graphic, the law, right? So it's a cycle, and people spend all of their time on the vicious cycle. In fact, we have more confidence in the vicious cycle than we have in the virtuous cycle. We have confidence in it. I mean, people will tell you, man, generational curses are real. Oh, man, they believe that curses can follow bloodlines. Even the medical professionals say, is there a history of this disease in your family? Anybody sign those check, check, checklists when they went to the doctor? Anybody in your family had cancer? Anybody with heart disease? Anybody with diabetes? Anybody with glaucoma? Anybody with all these issues? Because they believe that there's a cycle that can run through generations. But hold it, hold it. There's not just a vicious cycle. There's a virtuous cycle. In fact, I have to be willing to escape the vicious cycle by getting onto the virtuous cycle and doing what it takes to stay there. Show show us the virtuous cycle, right? We call it the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is where we're going. This is what we want to get on. 
all right, that there is a Savior from sin, that's Jesus, that we preach faith, that we get into life, we understand and understand the, the love of God, and then we boldly make our escape from the thing that's been holding us back. That we walk in the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, deliverance. But hold it. I have to keep that cycle going, or the other cycle will come back and grab a hold of me. Last week I said, listen, that the airline industry has practiced using the law of lift and thrust to overcome the law of gravity. And then last Sunday, in the middle of what they called here in Michigan a bomb cyclone, we flew to Florida. Man, and that plane was... That plane was, I mean, it was a rocking and a reeling. All right? Your stomach, you know, sometimes you feel like you, you know, you're flying, but you feel like you're on a roller coaster kind of thing. And it's just, all right? Now, we was, we was trusting that law of lift and thrust to overcome the law of gravity. Right? Because gravity was there, and it had some extra reinforcements. All right? Well, see, some of our lives are like that. Sometimes it's just, it's just, it's just gravity. Other times there's winds and waves and storms of life. But there's another law that can still lift us above that. All right? And so that's what, what, we're, what we're really working to invoke is lives that live on the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. All right? Where you, you stay with the law because just like the law of sin has the death at the end of it, the law of the spirit of life has the freedom and the deliverance at the end of it. It's a law. It's just as much a law. There's not a problem with the law. It's a problem with people not staying with it. Because as soon as we're in the air and they start pulling off the gas, the plane stops, starts to drop. That's how we land. All right? So if we don't stay with this law, the other one will still come back and get us. Right? Because sometimes people want to just get free. They want to get free enough to get the devil off, but not free enough to stay with God. Okay, and so what we're really talking about when we're talking about discipleship is I'm staying with this higher law until I get free, and then I'm staying with the law after I get free in order to stay free. All right, let's look at it. John chapter 8, verse 28 through 36. All right. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Now he's talking not to all of them. He's only talking to the believers. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're a disciple. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not the truth that you believe, no, nope, the truth that you abide in. You can believe in a truth and still not get the freedom of that truth. Because the freedom wasn't given to believers. It was given to the disciples. Right. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have been in bondage and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Right. And if you are a slave of sin, you're going to live in the slave quarters that sin gives you. Right. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. 
all right? But the freedom, the free indeed only goes to the disciples. It doesn't go to the believers. Just like the scripture, now this just ties back in to the Romans 8, 1 and 2. No condemnation to the believers who walk in the spirit. You can still be a believer, but walk in your flesh, then you still condemned. Because you have a legal right to freedom, but you're, you're, you're practically not living free. Now, let's look at John 8, 31, 32. I, I, I did it out of King James because I like the wording in the King James on this one. There's a specific word that we have there. Let's look at it. Then Jesus answered and said to those Jews which believed in him, if you continue, continue, continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, the truth that you continue in, and the truth shall make you free. There's a lot of people saying, all I got to do is know a truth, and then I'm free. But a lot of those people that say that aren't disciples. They're not continuers. Are you a tither? Yeah, 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 I tithe. But then what happened when you get in trouble? I was tithing, but then, you know, now I'm on, I took a break. You can't expect to be as free as I am. You can't. You can't. Because I didn't let the hard time keep me from giving God what's his. Don't be mad at me. It's not that the truth isn't there. Now, you can still believe he's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You can still believe it, but you're not a disciple yet. You haven't continued. All right? And so I have to be willing to go through the process to stay with truth until that truth frees me. All right? Lady Nedra read from Malachi, and then those people were saying, we tied, but it didn't work. No, y'all just didn't stay with it. He told you to prove him, try it, but you didn't stay long enough. You didn't stick with the process until the freedom came. Does that make sense? All right. So as a disciple, like you study a thing, God gives you a word about your specific deliverance. And then you study that thing, and then once you get free, people stop studying. Like they don't, they they run, they want something else. They they spiritually ADD. Yeah, they they have a spiritual attention deficits. Okay. And because of that, they want to run off to some other thing when they need to go back and keep studying that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, on a cycle, you need to go back and look at that thing. Just remind yourself. And when you look at it, because God's word is a bottomless well, you'll think you got all the insight you need, and he'll show you something you haven't seen before. He'll give you new ground to, to take in that area. And that kind of ongoing discipleship is what keeps you free. Right? So he gives you certain things. You know, I, I told the saints how um, the Lord showed me, like, when I was a young kid, it wasn't, it wasn't the dominant teaching in the youth ministry because there was a bunch of heathen in the church. <laughs> it were. God bless them. I love them. A lot of them, lot of them was heathens. They was my friends. They were still my heathen friends. They were saints' kids, but they was heathens. And then they got to a point where there was stuff that she was, my parents were the youth minister was teaching. I'm like, Lord, I mean, okay, I didn't accept that. Now what? Church got boring to me. And then the Lord spent time, and he, he opened up the book of Proverbs to me, and I was like, really? Really? He's talking. I was like, Lord, I mean, you know what? I can, I can, 
I can know how to be wise. I can know how to go in situations the first time and know what to do, even though I hadn't been there before because I hadn't spent time in your word. He showed me how I could be diligent, be successful, could be could be prosperous. You know, he showed me how I could develop my vision, my gifts, my skills, my abilities. He showed me how I could um, be young, but not be young and dumb, not make lifelong mistakes that was going to hurt me the rest of my life. You know, but then I go back to Proverbs now. I, I, somebody sent me, um, I had a friend in a college, and in her house, she had a Bible that I got when I was baptized at 12th Street back in 1985. And a few years ago, she sent it to me. It, it was like opening a time capsule of specific revelation that God gave me at that age. And, um, but I go back to them same scriptures now and I get a different, I, I haven't outgrown the revelation. Proverbs says it's specific to the young man to teach the young man to be wise, but it says even the person who's accomplished, it'll teach them how to go to the next level. I'm not, I don't, I don't stop my discipleship because yeah, I done got it. No, no, bro. No, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I done got free, but I don't want this plane to land. I'm still trying to fly. Does that make sense? So please don't get to the point where you think you got past that. Go back into those same things and ask God, what new ground are you want me to take in my freedom this year? Because if you keep that discipleship going, then you'll keep your freedom going. Does that make sense? All right. Um, now, what we want to do is build systems around us that help us continue in the word through discipleship. Discipleship is both to principle and to persons. To principle, to principle, the word being true, being free from sin, but also to persons. Now, ultimately, the person that we ultimately all want to be discipled by is Jesus Christ. But sometimes that's like, that's like joining the army and saying, okay, I'm in the army now. Okay, who is, who is your commanding officer? Donald J. Trump. No, no, you don't report. You don't, you, you're not a private reporting directly to the commander-in-chief, right? And so some people... I'm just a disciple of Jesus. Well, see, that, that, that's, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for real, for real. Jesus puts people in your life who are an example so that you can follow their teaching and example, sometimes for a lifetime. Now, people don't like that because they just want to feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm not saying you're not just as saved as so-and-so and so. All right. But understand that there are people that have freedom in areas that you want. You know, your pastor is taking, um, some people criticize me because, I, you know, I have bishops and other people. How many, <laughs> how many fathers in the faith do you got? Hold it, bro. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. All right. Now, why am I like this? Because this principle of continuing in a word. If I find somebody at a level that has freedom that I don't have, I'm going to stay with them. Right? We, Lady Nedra and I, we went down, we had some time away, but we specifically went to get discipleship in a certain area that I have not found like that anybody else around us, that we have that kind of close-up exposure to. And listen, I travel on my own dime, to get that kind of discipleship. Because once I got the freedom, baby, once I got it, I got it. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, people don't want to do that. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader at work, but I still need mentors to help me go to the next level of my career. Right? Then all of my mentors start retiring. I'm like, Lord, I need some new ones. 
Now, there'll be one day where God will say, okay, I'm going to just disciple you the rest of the way. That day is not today. Right? Just like you have children, and then they grow up, and then they become parents, and they have children. But then after a while, their parents and grandparents are passing on. Now they're the senior ones left. Hopefully by that time, they really established, and they don't need nobody else. Because what you hate is an old fool. Now there are some, there's some people that's old fools. There are. And they haven't got all their foolishness out. Foolishness is born in the heart of a child. But when I became a man, I was supposed to put away the childish things. All right? And so what you have to recognize is that there's times, listen, listen, the fact that you need discipleship doesn't make you a bad person. You just a flunky. You don't know who you, man. Listen, once I got the freedom, you can call me whatever you want to. Call me what you want, and I'm still free. Call me what you want, and I'm staying free. And your words are not, they don't put me in bondage because I, I have found the word that has kept me free. I follow principles. I follow persons, and I'm free. And it doesn't matter. All you're doing is just ankle biting on the outside. Okay. All right. Now, um, we're going to have a Think Camp Wealth Academy here in a few weeks. Not only do I have leader mentors, I have people that are my peers. And on paper, we're just at the same level. But in certain spaces, they're just better at it than I am. Then I sit my happy self down, and I'm listening to them and taking notes. I mean, you can do this better than me? I know you're my brother, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But in this area, you got the wisdom that I don't have? Then I'm going to sit and listen. Some people are not life disciples, but they are lesson disciples. In this area, you got the wisdom that I don't have, even though we just peers. And so you got to be okay that your brother or sister, listen, if your child got some wisdom in an area you don't got, listen to them. Let your children tell you stuff that you need to know. I'm the parent. They can't tell me nothing. Say yes, sir, when you say that. <laughs> hold it, hold it. Pump them brakes. You've been asking God, all right? You clearly sowed the seed. Why don't you reap the harvest? Ooh, that's some good preaching right there. That's some good preaching right there, Pastor David. Yes, it is. All right? Um, so we're going to have this thing. It's a two-day, Thursday, Friday, the 21st, 22nd. You'll see the announcement at the end. Um, Sometimes what I found in the area of discipleship is people want what you've earned, not what you've learned. Okay, let me stay right here. People want what you've earned, and then they, they don't want you to teach them nothing. They just want you to bail them out. And then they get an attitude when you try to give them some of the wisdom that you got. Now you don't think I know what I'm doing, and then you're getting all up in your flesh. Ain't nothing but just, just flesh on display. Okay, because they just want, listen, I just want the money. I don't want that. I don't want the mentorship. I just want you to fix this problem. I don't want you to help me so that I don't need it anymore. See, I'm going, I'm going to places, y'all. Y'all got to understand, I'm trying to take us up to the next level. And right now, just like your house got financial challenges, our house got hit too. But I'm getting discipleship, and I'm not asking him to fix my problem. If you give me the wisdom, it'll stay fixed. Because once I get free, I'll be just as free as you are. Does that make sense? I want, I, I want somebody to help me to get free. Now, people can, you see, you can feel sorry for me for a few days, but after a while, you get tired of feeling sorry. You're not going to bail me out every day for feeling sorry. 
All right? Pretty soon, you're going to opt out of my pity party. I, don't, I decide I don't want to come this time. I'm an RSVP and with a decline to the pity party. But if I get, see, that's the power of really being a disciple is because you really get free. And when you really get free, you don't need it no more. You roll in like they roll in. I found you can get freer than the person who is discipling you in an area. If you get the truth, I've had times I would sit down, you know, I had been listening to my late bishop, and he was like, child, he's like, David, that worked better for you than it worked for me. Now, it was his teaching that I was using to get free. But he said it in his own words. You got freer than I got. I just want you to know, because if you stick with a principle, you, you might outrun that principle than the person who, who taught it to you. Now, does that make you bigger and better? No. I'm just saying that, that if you stay on this cycle long enough, you may get further than the person who taught you to get on the cycle. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Listen, listen, I, I, I want to teach my, my, my nephews what I learned about business because there wasn't anybody like me in my family to teach me what I know. So they should go farther than I got. I shouldn't be mad with that. I shouldn't be jealous. I shouldn't be how they just, I said, no, I want them to go farther than me. That's not bad. Do you understand? That's the expectation. All right. So what we don't want to have happen is we have things like this and we bring, I'm bringing a special speaker and it's going to, man, that costs, that costs a lot. It's not, it's not as expensive as ignorance is. Man, that's expensive. Not as expensive as ignorance. I have done professional development things and people didn't show up and then they want a private coaching lesson on their expense, and if I don't give them to them, then they get offended with me. He holding out on me. No, you wasn't here when I had it, when I had it at the church. Okay. Now, see, as a pastor, you feel some kind of way, but then I try to I try to channel my inner my inner Joel Osteen. It'd be all nice and stuff. Cause I feel some kind of way, but I don't want people offended. But then they don't understand how offensive that is to, to a leader who's making the stuff available for people to not come and then need the lesson that they could have got when I was giving it. See, people get mad with you. I'm just telling you. They get mad over that kind of stuff. But that's a real issue. I got a scripture here, Proverbs 17, 16. In the New King James, it says, why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom since, since he has no heart for it? Ooh. Why do you give a fool money? Because they don't even know, they don't even have a heart to purchase wisdom. Now, see, this is one of these proverbs like the Lord showed me. Like, you know, <laughs> people have used me. I'm not a trained lawyer or nothing. But I have written legal briefs. Because I studied somebody else's and I wrote it. I studied what they did. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that too. I just figured it out. All right. Now, but they want me on the cheap because they didn't want to pay the lawyer. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, people want what you've earned, not what you've learned. Then they don't want to compensate you for it. Okay, please don't be those people. Don't be people that always want stuff from God on the cheap. Deliverance says, I really want to go through it and get it myself, because once I got it, I really got it. Does that make sense? Okay, because then you're going to make the people your point of deliverance, and then when God stops them from delivering you, 
And he will because he doesn't want them to be God. He don't want you to make people an idol. Do you want to be healed? No, I don't have a man that will put me in. So the man became the God. And he'll stop them. You'll get in certain places and he'll... See, when deliverance kind of stuff come up, stuff will come out, and he'll just, man, it'll just be all ugly, like clean up on all four, flesh just all over the place, just flopping all around. And he'll put stuff out there, and he'll put you in situations, and then he's going to let nobody come to your aid because he doesn't want your confidence in people. He wants you to trust him. All right. I think you got that one. I'll skip the Amplify uh, media team. Go to my six modes of learning. Six modes of learning. I had one time done a teaching that I call Principles of Academic Salvation, Academic Salvation. And uh, I said if Jesus was on the scene today, he it would say... Um, you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall deliver his people from their schools. From their schools. Because I found that, just in my own studies, that sometimes the schools themselves were as much of the problem as they were solutions to our young people learning. And this was just my own, my own truth. Um, and so I did this study, and, I, and the Lord showed me. And I just, this was just me actually studying people who, who are educational psychologists. And so you'll see that there are these six, there's these six modes of learning that people learn. Reading, writing, speaking, hearing, acting, and interacting. Learn by reading. That's why we have screens. Learn by writing. That's why taking notes is so powerful, right? You learn by speaking. That's why you quoted ABCs. Right? Recited your timetables. You learn by what you say. You learn by hearing. That's why you go to lectures. Right? Then you learn by acting on the truth that you've heard and then interacting with other people about it. That's why team problems and team problems, because all of the teaching doesn't come by the teacher standing up front and you hearing it. Sometimes when you interact with other people, well, I see it this way, and you, I see it that way. That's why confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. These six modes of learning are built into the Christian kingdom experience, right? You're supposed to read the Word, right? Scripture tells us that you're supposed to write the vision, right? Who shall ever say to this mountain, you should speak the Word. You should hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. All of these are truths that are built into the word, right? Into the process. But the two power ones are the ones at the bottom. If you do the ones at the top and don't get to the point where you act on it or interact with other people around it, it doesn't stick. Your deliverance will not stick if all you did is read it, write it, speak it, and hear it. At a certain point, you're going to have to act on it and then interact with people around it. You got that? It will not, it will not hold. You're going to have to find you a support group. I'm asking God to take me to a different level. Well, then I'm, hang, I'm, I'm flying places to hang around people at a different level than what I'm at. And I'm, not, and I'm not going there with my hand out asking them to hook me, hook a brother up. I'm trying to learn what they learn. I'm trying to interact with them. I'm trying to understand how they think. And so I can come back and bring it into my own world because I'll get free just like they free. All right? Look at James 1, 20 through 22 through 25. Are you getting something out of this? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If I do the first four, but I don't get down to the acting on the word, then I will be self-deceived. 
I will deceive myself having the illusion of knowledge, but not the experience of it. All right. I will just be another head knowledge, wasteful information gatherer. Somebody got a bunch of book knowledge, but can't do nothing. That's true in the Bible just as much as it is in whatever other degree you get. Can quote a bunch of scriptures, but can't live none of it. Deceiving, not the devil deceiving you. You deceive yourself. You think you really got it. But then when it comes time to produce, you can't produce. Scripture says, if you faint in the time of adversity, your strength is small. Them Proverbs, boy, they, them, them some good life lessons, boy. If you choke on game day, you wasn't much of a player in the first place. Okay? Don't deceive yourself. Look at verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. So if you hear the word, the mirror of the word begins to shine into your face and begins to show you who you are, and you see it. But verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I saw it, but I didn't fix it. I saw my hair was jacked up. I saw I had, you know, they call, I, what is natter? I don't know. Have it in my eye. My eyes all crusty. And then I left and I didn't fix nothing and just walked out. I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it feel kind of gross because that's, that's, if you deceive in yourself, that's what the Bible says. He forget what kind of man he was. All right. Verse 25. But he who looks into, watch, watch what it calls the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus here. The perfect law of liberty. I could call that deliverance, couldn't I? A doer, a person who acts on the word and continues. I act on it and I continue with it. I'm acting and continuing. I'm tying this to the last scripture, the scripture that Jesus said, you continue in my word. I act on it. And then I don't stop. I stay with it. Is and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed, empowered to prosper, empowered to be free in what he does. I got to stay with truth until it frees me. Right now, that's one of the reasons why having People who are free is something that you're trying to get free is so important. Because when you, when you feel like wavering, they'll remind you, nah, man, don't give up. Don't, don't let it go. I know it seemed like, <laughs> he said, man, he said, man, you've just been used to living on that corporate plantation, man. Free yourself. Free your mind. You don't, you know, I know you think that the world, you know, the, the, the sun shines and sets with General Motors, man, but you got more skills than that. You can still be, you can be free and God will still bless you. I needed to hear that from somebody who was free. I needed to hear it from somebody who can help me step out, who can give me skills, who can show me a path. And when the devil tell me it can't work, I'm like, nah, man, I, I didn't see him. You see, there's something, that testimony is so powerful. But guess what? Once you get free, you're going to be that testimony for somebody else. They're going to look at your life and say, man, I know it can work. I know it can work because it worked for him. It worked for her. I know, God, I know I can stay with this thing. All right? One more scripture. Should I give you two more? You, gonna, you want one more or you want two more? Two more? All right, I'll give you two more. I, I heard, all right, the eyes have it. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians 5 and 1, right? What we want to understand is, is that we can't take our feet off the gas because the law of sin and death or gravity, habit gravity will take us 
take us back if we get off the gas. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, could, could use the word deliverance, by which Christ has made us free or delivered, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You got to choose to stay free. Some people get free and then they want to play around with it. Uh, I, I can go back. I, I can just go there. I'm just going to drink Coke. Now, you know that that's what got you in trouble. Hanging around these friends, doing this. I can just, I'm, I'm, I'm just hanging with my friends. Right? And, and the Bible says, no, you get free, completely stay free, stay Stay separate from there. Some place, you're going to have to go different places. You're going to have to hang with different. You're going to have to create a whole new set of friends if you want to stay free. Does that make sense? All right. Because if I let the enemy get me entangled, it's going to be harder. It's going to be worse. I'm not going to be at the same yoke level that I was when I first got bound. It's going to be worse, and it's going to be harder for me to get out. All right. Hebrews 5. 12 through 14. Don't, don't slip back into bondage through being lazy. Amen? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful, not in the word of faith, but in the word of righteousness. Am I right standing and living out right standards with God? For he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, spiritual maturity. That, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I will get to the point where I'm so free that my flesh will say, I don't need that. But you're going to have to stay with it. I'm going to have to practice staying delivered. But I'll get to the point where my body don't even want that old stuff no more. Now I'm at dominion. Come on, let's stand. Did that bless you? Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll start there. We'll start with that scripture next week because that's what we want to get into in our next, our next time together to really talk through this whole aspect of having dominion in an area that you were once bound in. That you're so free, the devil can't even bring it back to you no more. He brings it back. You go, ha, ha, ha. You thought I was still there. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm out now. I am out. And it's at that point that I can help other people. God can then use me to see people as bound as I was and help those people get free. Now you have completed the cycle of deliverance. <laughs>